Hi guys, welcome back to the Whiskey Smoke. Uh, I'm your host, Yuante Curry, and today my good company is none other than Jordan Harris, whiskey enthusiast, all-around good guy. Welcome aboard. Hey, appreciate it. Glad to be here. Anytime, man. Uh, looks like you've brought some turkeys over here. Yeah, I brought a gaggle of turkeys. Um, it's one of my favorite whiskeys. Uh, I've kind of done a lot of experience on bourbon and whiskey, and I always gravitate back towards these. Um, so I brought three different bottles. One of them is just the Wild Turkey Flagship 101, except for this is uh, aged eight years, or at least it's stated, you know, so it's at least eight years. Um, and it was only available in Japan, so my dad picked that up on a work trip for me. Uh, the difference, you know, what you'd see today on the shelf, it doesn't claim to be eight years, so they can kind of have a younger product. Uh, it doesn't mean it's any any worse or any better. It's just... Uh, just how the market goes here. I uh, also brought some rare breed, so that's the wild turkey barrel proof. Uh, this is an older bottling. Um, you know, there's a lot of opinions, and you've certainly talked about how uh, these older bottlings are better by you know because of this or that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I certainly enjoy that one, and that's why I brought it. And then I also brought the uh, revival. So this one is a annually they do some masters keep releases, and this is the latest one they did last year finished in uh, Oloroso sherry casks, so it's pretty good. All right, well, since you've brought them, uh, hey, let's dive into this turkey and talk about it. Let's do it. Uh, let's see, I don't know if you want to pass one of those. If I reach it sure, in. whichever one you just want to start with. Yeah, let's start with this eight-year 101. Love that sound. Yeah, me too. That's great. It's always a start to a good conversation. Yeah. So, so I really like this guy. I don't know if you you like turkey. I've, I've oh, heard I you love say turkey. That before, yeah. So um, this is going to be a little bit uh, reminiscent to the current stuff, uh, with a little bit of some of the older stuff. So cheers! Thanks for sharing. I appreciate this. Yeah. So we uh, we met through a bourbon group, uh, a couple of bourbon groups, and I've hung out with you at the Whitmire Distillery, and uh, we smoked some cigars together, and we talked about. Cigars, watches, uh, just whiskey and all kinds of stuff. But let's talk about these groups, man. Uh, it's a great place to meet people and a great place to do bottle shares and, and just learn about the culture. Yeah, you know, I um, probably got into the groups a couple of years ago, maybe two or three now. I don't know. Um, I'd recently gotten back onto Facebook. So I wasn't on Facebook for several years. Just said, you know, hey, whatever. I got back into it and I instantly didn't enjoy it, you know, it was like, I don't care what you ate or your political views. And then I found the bourbon groups. I just recently gotten into enjoying bourbon and I, I was really intrigued about, you know, hey, I can ask questions and bounce ideas and uh, gain a lot of knowledge. So that's how I walked into it um, from my perspective. There's certainly a lot of different perspectives on the groups, but, uh, you know, I instantly, I, instead of going back to delete Facebook, I said, well, you know, maybe it's not so bad. You know, I, I've met a few folks through there and just being active and participating and asking questions. And even though I think it can be very intimidating mm -hmm. for a new person, because mm -hmm. um, you ask these questions, and everyone's like, oh, you know, you didn't know that. And you didn't know this. Like, come on now, you know, but you get past that and you have, you have to have thick skin. Yeah. But, uh, it, once you get past that, you kind of, you make some friendships, even though it might be a someone you never met but you kind of connect over bourbon mm -hmm. and uh develop your own opinions and palettes and, and everything um so generally i walked into it and it was a great thing for me and it got me um to explore bourbon and to all the different areas i never even thought i would um 
you know. So uh, it's and it has evolved too. Oh yeah, it's taken on a monstrous form. I think it's uh, a hidden gem and it's both a gift and a curse. It gives and it destroys. Mm-hmm. But uh, cheers to it giving to great relationships and friendships. Because it sure has. Building relationships is what it's all about. I mean, it's it's great to sit down and enjoy whiskey, but you know. The whiskey doesn't last. The relationships do. Amen to that. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess how I started to meet people through the bourbon groups, um, you know, someone on there just said, hey, I'm going to host a share. I'm going to have people order my house. You're more than welcome to come. You know, I'm going to cap it at, you know, a certain amount of people because mm-hmm. I don't live in a mansion, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, I said, hey, that sounds great. You know, I've, I don't know you from Adam, but that sounds really cool. You're down the street from me. You know, let's let's meet. Um, and through that, I met, uh, you know, Nick, who's been in here mm-hmm. uh, in the studio as well. And I uh, met some other folks and, and it kind of blossomed from there and um, had other shares and hosted some myself and have been to some of these whiskey events that Houston has to offer mm-hmm. with different, you know, cigars and things like that. Um, so that that's what really has opened the door for me. Last time, I think I clicked on, you know, one of the groups I'm in, it said I had 99 or 100 friends. <laughs> they were wow. also in that group and i'm like man you know i when i got on facebook i didn't think i had that many friends you know because i just i, I kind of keep it small but uh i just just kind of took a step back and said well I, I can't believe i've made connections with that many people you know um over a glass of whiskey i mean that's that's the whole thing for me because i didn't even start my own facebook you know someone else started my facebook and once they gave me the password i kind of took it from there but mm-hmm. the thing is, is i've met so many people because of whiskey i think i've met more people because of whiskey than actual relationships of people i knew from growing up you know whether it's you know through school or even through business i've met so many more people because we've shared a glass or you know there's a possibility that we will share a glass but to whiskey man whiskey is the the glue that binds us all you know because that's the common thread that you know if you're having a bad day what do you do drink whiskey you know if, if you're meeting a new woman and you're nervous what do you do drink mis- whiskey if you're stressed on your job what do you do you drink whiskey so that whiskey thread runs through so many different things that you know, it's it's just universal. Yeah, or if you're happy and you want to celebrate, you know, <laughs> you drink whiskey. If, if you want to have good company with good friends, you drink whiskey. So yeah. it's, it's it's the whole gamut of of you know kind of emotions and what I what I really like about it and um, have enjoyed about you know meeting people and stuff like that is when you sit down with a glass of whiskey, you can turn the volume down on everything else around you, right? And you can really focus on it and say, you know, I you know something. But as deep as you want to get, right? Mm-hmm. You can start pulling elderberries and stuff like that out of there. It's not me. I'm not that kind of guy. But I'd like to sit down, enjoy it, talk about, hey, for this this wall turkey, for example, you know, um, I can buy a bottle of wall turkey off the shelf. I really enjoy it. I feel this is a little bit elevated. Um, it, it's kind of a throwback. You've had some of these dusty bottles of turkey. Mm-hmm. To me, it really it really brings out some of those notes and that funk that, yeah. that I really like from wild turkey. Um, so. Uh, just being able to sit down and talk about that, you know, you kind of you forget about your sales quota that you have and your, uh, you know, the fifty thousand unread emails that you have or yeah. something like that, and you're just able to slow down and think, you know, and and really utilize your time. Some people have meditation, some people have whiskey, you know. Yeah. So it kind I, of goes I want that whiskey thing right there with you. you yeah. Know? Because I mean, you can it can give you that that zen place, mm-hmm. you know that. That place you go, you don't have to play in the sand or whatever, but, you, you know, once you pour that glass, that's your quiet spot, you know, or however you choose to have it, you know, with friends or whatever. But 
like you said, it takes you to a new zone. And how often can you go to a new zone when you're doing something? I mean, this is the quickest way that I know to do it. Yeah. And, and I guess to, uh, to I'm, I'm, I meander when I talk, so I'll take it back to the bourbon groups to kind of uh, keep on topic, I guess. But um, I think there's lots of different reasons that those groups exist. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of different things you can get out of them, and mm-hmm. a lot of people look for different things out of them. Um, if I were to make um, kind of a top ten list, or you know, I don't think there may be ten I can come up with right now, but I would say you know one of them is networking, right? And that's kind of what All I right. looked at in the beginning was, hey, I just I want to talk to people about bourbon. Mm-hmm. I want to learn more about it. I'm a hobbyist. If I get into something like bourbon, guitars, watches, pocket knives, whatever, I go in full force and I want to learn about it. I want to learn about all the different kinds of, you know, materials and I want to learn about the different kinds of craftsmanship. So that's really what I went in for. Um, Other groups exist because, hey, we're all hunters and we want to look for something, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, there's a lot of value in that, you know, because it's usually a smaller community um, because obviously you don't want, if you share with everyone where all the gold is, then it's there no longer valuable. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and those groups exist to to look look out for one another and just say, hey, look, you know, I found I found what you're looking for or, hey, I found this really this really good deal. And, you know, I think we should all take advantage of it or something like that. Um, you know, I exist in a couple of those groups and have, have found some really cool stuff because of that. Um, you know, I think as mentioned here before, a lot of those, those, uh, diamonds in the rough are getting mm-hmm. harder and harder to find. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, because if I go back to number one, those, those larger groups, you know, that information is disseminating and everyone, oh, I want to find this dusty bottle of Turkey, you mm-hmm. know, cause that's, I can check that off my Pokemon list or whatever, <laughs> right. You know, um, so that, you know, that stuff's becoming harder to find, but you know, th- those groups that kind of help each other out, it's cool because they're all over, all over the world sometimes, you know, but you might have access to something that no one else does and you're able to share that. So just like you and I can share a glass, you know, face to face, I can share a glass with someone in Wisconsin because, you know, Hey, Texas got this really cool thing and I want to share it with you. Yeah. You know, send me some samples. Yeah. Or yeah. Samples or, you know, whatever. Um, I don't condone, uh, sending alcohol uh, across state lines. Um, but you know, it happens. So (laughs) yeah, this is true. Um, so, you know, th- those are some great reasons that groups exist. And, you know, um, there are certain, now going into, that's a good segue, there's certain groups that exist just to uh, sell and trade and some, yeah. some to make profits. And um, I think there's a lot of opinions to be had on that. You know, when you think about whiskey, and to me, and we, as we talked about, it's it's something that's to be enjoyed and, and you know, cherished, but for some people, it's... Liquid assets. It's a profit game. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll swoop in and, you know, oh, I've I found all this stuff, I'm going to buy it all up, and then I'm going to make a quick five bucks a bottle or $100 a bottle or whatever. Um, and to me, it's ruining the game. You know, it's... Uh, it exists, you know, for people that, I guess, want to pay for something that they want and in this world you can do that certainly i mean there are so many different aspects to it uh there's a writer who i reached out to about a book that he's written about bourbon mm-hmm. he told me that there are guys on instagram who buy bottles just to take pictures of these bottles then after they take the pictures and get all the likes they sell this bottle to acquire the next bottle that'll get more likes you know so there's a whole bunch of people out here doing it for alternative reasons other than to drink and to share. I mean, who would have ever thought likes would be something you buy whiskey for? You know, 
<laughs> I certainly would have never thought that. You know, here's to 100 likes. Here's to 200 likes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now time to move the bottle. Yeah. it's uh, Likes is another asset these days. You yeah. Know? I mean, there's, um, you know, not to get too far off tangent, but, you know, that that's, I'm not on Instagram. I'm not going to lie. I, Facebook is about as much as I can handle. <laughs> um, but it's crazy to hear that, oh, this, you know, the, the term and, you know, Paint me as a millennial, insta famous, right? Right. That's a thing. That's the thing. Um, yeah. People are are getting somehow monetizing it, you know, just because that someone likes what they put up, and you know, it's they take the right picture of a bottle of Mictors Twenty in the right lighting, and man, people like that, mm-hmm. you know. And I wouldn't say I wouldn't like that photo. I mean, that's kind of cool, right? Yeah, um, it's rare, but yeah. I like drinking it better yeah. than looking at it. Of course, <laughs> if you can find it. <laughs> True. Yeah. True that. Yeah. So uh, I guess what we'll do is we'll talk more about, you know, sharing the whiskey throughout the groups, like with the group meets, uh, you know, like the group meets having subsets, like you and I were in a group. And now the subset to that is that I can contact you on an individual level Mm -hmm. and then we can hang out and do this, you know, talk about whiskey, drink whiskey. You share this good, you know, Japanese uh, available product with me, you know. Uh, my tongue's getting heavy because of the wild turkey, but yeah, it's it's always good because of the subsets of groups. And I probably would have never met you had it not been for the bourbon group. And that's one of the great things about whiskey. It just continues to give. And that's what I like about it. Yeah, indeed. I mean, it's, like I said, I've made so many connections from it and over a hundred friends, maybe not all those people I talk to on a daily basis or more than once a year or whatever. Um, but there are some connections I've made with people and someone that I can, I feel like I can call up and say, hey, I'm in town. Let's go grab a drink or right. you know, steak dinner or something and hang out and just, you know, shoot the breeze. Yeah. Um, and that's good to have that, you know, just kind of over a common bond of, of whiskey. Yeah. You know? And in different walks of life, you end up finding their ways together and you meet people that you would never cross paths with, you know. Amen to that. Yeah. And to shooting the breeze. We're going to shoot the breeze with Jordan right after the break. Stand by, folks. Hi guys, we're back with Jordan, and Jordan has just poured me up some of this Wild Turkey Decades, the Oloroso finish on, actually it's the Revival, the Oloroso fish finish on Revival. So let's try it out, see what you think. Yeah. You definitely get a little sweetness off the nose, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's going to be different than what your standard turkey is. I, I kept a little bit of my last one. It's got a lot of similarities, though. Hmm. I like how the you can taste the Oloroso cast finish on the on the bourbon. You can definitely taste the difference. And just looking at the color, you can mm-hmm. see that that rich, rich, dark caramel looking color. Yeah, I'm trying not to smack too much on here, but uh, that's uh, I've kind of a propensity to do that when yeah. I taste my bourbon. You know, just to really smack the ear. You know, it's a lip smacker. It is, uh, but man, I like it. I think it's really sweet and it's really good. Um, you know, it, it, at first when I tried it. Uh, the finish, to me, the finish fell flat. But the more, uh, the more I've, the longer I've had the bottle, and you know, when I come back to it, it, it really, it doesn't have that for me. You know, I said, it's just good. You know? Do you believe it's, in bottles changing as you open them? It's a good question. Um, that's a big debate. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know if there's any scientific evidence to prove that the bottles will change over time. Now, there's certainly oxidation, things like that, that, that could happen. Um, but I do believe that your palate changes day to day. And when you 
come back to something. It could be your, you know, where you are mentally, your palate just kind of decides what that whiskey's going to taste like to you. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really tough one to say to whether I believe it or not, but I've definitely had some bottles that I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. and I set it up on the shelf for a couple of months, came back to it. And man, this is really good. Like why, why have I been sleeping on this? You know? So a question for you, do you go to, when you go to a new bottle, do you go with preconceived notions? Sometimes. Yeah. From, from hype, from marketing or from the groups or, you know, I try not to, and everyone does, but it's going to happen, you know, cause there's that thing in the back of your head, like, Oh, this, this guy that, you know, he really said it was good. Or, you know, a friend of mine who I trust and mm-hmm. I think their palate is, you know, kind of close to mine. I had this opinion on it and you kind of go into it with that. But with anything, I try to go into it with an open, you know, uh, open mind and just kind of say, let's see what happens. You know, um, what's fun to do is just have a couple side by side and taste those and say, well, okay, now I get more out of this or, um, I have, you know, to me, wild turkey one one's a good baseline, you know, yeah. if I try something next to that and it's, it's, I kind of gauge, but I also think it's fun to, uh, um, taste things blind. Right. You know, have, I don't know if you've done any of those blind tastings or, Plenty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Failed at a few. No. Oh Yeah. <laughs> one and a, a few others, but failed more so than, you know, because the thing about it is the the blind truly tells you what your palate is. And you can go into a blind and you can think that you're knowing what you're going to be talking about. But the blind will actually tell you right there on the spot. You put a number on the bottle or you put a number on the selection. You know what this, there's a control of who knows what the selection is. And you tell what it is. You know, like uh, we did a blind with several of the Knob Creek picks. And we ranked the, the blinds from one to six. Now, I think when we did six, that killed everybody's palate because I'm I'm sure at 120 after drink two, you know, it's just guessing from there. But we tried to do a shot of cold water and then, you know, stimulate the palate, let your palate warm up again and, and then go to the next one. But blinds literally tell you if a whiskey is good or not. Yeah, I agree. Um, three is about the most I want to do you mm-hmm. know, in one sitting. Uh, I've done six, and they weren't all, you know, it wasn't all 120, so it was a little bit easier for me. And when I do blind, I mean, I do a, you know, half-ounce pour or something like that. You know, it's not really, not a huge pour. Um, uh, and I, I've done a lot of them where you just rate it. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a double blind. You don't know what it is. Um, we're just rating things, and then someone takes all the scores and averages them, and, and then everyone goes, whoa, I didn't think they'd rate that one at the top, you know. Um, so how far did Buck get up there? <laughs> you know i thought we'd maybe go a whole hour without mentioning that but uh but uh you, you know, know i that's, had to man you know that's uh that's almost where some of that started you know i had some buddies that did a tasting with with buck eight and uh, a couple of them rated it right there at the top you know over like elmer t lee or something like that which um you know i don't have that high of opinion on elmer t lee but it's not bad bourbon we you know um and so from that they started talking about buck eight and it just became this whole mystique around it that there was no information out, outside of, yeah. you know, of the social media, essentially. Um, and you have an eight-year age statement, which age statements right now are kind of... Uh, going away. They are going away. Yeah. So when you see that, it's like, oh, that, that must be good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not always. But, yeah. um, 
it, it just kind of blew up, you know, and I, I, it's. <laughs> I think you're like the pioneer of Buck Eight, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I I certainly was involved a little bit of it. Uh, it was fun, you know, and it still is kind of fun, and, and a lot of people still have fun with it. And that's what it's all about, having fun, because people take stuff way too serious now. And for you to, to, to jump in and have fun like that and just start a debate about something and have that debate just evolve and, and transform and grow, you know, and, you know, essentially, eventually die out. But, man, man, cheers to you being a conversation <laughs> starter, dude. <laughs> Got you my know. coffee cup, right? <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, so – that's interesting. So, um, you know, that, that brings me, um, you know, why are some of the reasons that you think that these groups can be a bad thing, you know, cause I've got ideas on that. So let's, uh, well, thanks for I'd throwing like that back to that. me. I yeah. think, uh, some of these groups can be a bad thing because you have, you know, it reverts back to the high school thing. You have people who have more than other people and then they revert to being bullies, but instead of building a bully, you know, with, with physical, they, they're bully with, you know, their social status, so they can afford to buy things that others can't. And then since they can, they kind of look down on you because you bought uh, a cheaper product. You know, when, you know, if you really look at the gentlemanly standard, the gentlemanly standard was to pour everything into a decanter. And then when you came over, when Jordan came over my house, then I would just offer you what was in a decanter. And Jordan wouldn't refuse because that's the gentlemanly thing to do is to accept and drink what's in a decanter. And we've moved way beyond that. Now we moved into a status-driven culture where everything needs to be shown and people live and die by likes. Yeah. Um, I certainly think, and you know, at first they'll be guilty of that too. You know, when I, when I joined the Facebook groups and started looking, Oh wow, that's, that's a really cool bottle. I have to find that. I have to have that. Um, you know, in reality, you go to a bar and taste it, you know, you do enough networking in these groups. You've got a friend that has it. that's mm -hmm. willing to, you know, you meet up at a bottle share. Hey, someone brings that William LaRue Weller or the BTAC or mm -hmm. whatever, Pappy Van Winkle, right? And you get to figure out, like, oh, okay, that's that's pretty good. But, you know, it's not like I'm I'm still me. I didn't change or right. anything. I'm not, you know. Right. Um, so there is a lot of that fear of missing out. Um, and, and I think through my through my journey, I, you know, started drinking whiskey. I found something that really brought me into it, which was uh, Colonel Taylor. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a taste of it at a bar. And good stuff. I was like, man, that's that's really good. And I enjoyed it neat. And I was like, I can really taste things in that, you know. I, I want to taste more. Mm -hmm. uh, so I started expanding and finding more and joined the group and learned about things. And I tried the whole gamut up to whatever I could afford, right? And, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I just I keep coming back to Wild Turkey. You know, I enjoy stuff from Beam. I enjoy stuff from Makers and Buffalo Trace and you name it. But that's kind of where I gravitate towards. And that's what you kind of find your equilibrium. Right. Um, so, you know, there is a lot of information and misinformation and people bragging and just buying bottles to show off. Yeah. And uh, for the purposes of showing off, I buy bottles because I want to drink them yeah. and I want to share them. And, uh and that, that's really what, you know, where I try to keep it in the, you know, my little space. Um, going back to reasons that I think it could be bad, you know, some of these groups that turn into a bad thing is, you know, just like you said, and then, you know, earlier you said something about having debates, right? Mm -hmm. um, some of these things can get just, just stupid and ugly, you know, for no reason. Um, you know, you've got a lot of keyboard warriors and oh, yeah. some people just egg the debate on just to see how far they can push somebody, you yeah. know, where it's... Um, I'd rather sit in front of someone and have a have a conversation, and we don't have to agree on anything, but just make some good points and understand who the person across from you is, and they can understand who you are, and you might walk away, you know, the same and disagree about everything, but yeah. 
you've expanded your horizons and you know culturally or whatever um but not a lot of people go into that and there's a lot of ugliness that exists i'm sound you know i'm gonna you had to get off my lawn over here but um there's a lot of people that go into it just for that reason, just to push people around, just to kind of see what they can get and see what kind of reactions they can elicit from people. And they'll go in as a fake profile. And, and just, it's so weird just to kind of see that, you know, yeah. um, where, you know, we're just here to have fun and talk about whiskey. You know, like when, when whiskey gets the ego too involved, then I know it's, it's not about whiskey. You know, I always think of that. Like if you, if you ever see me post something, Sometimes I'll get into it just to, you know, to see if I still got my chops. You know, I'll get into a debate and, and just make sure I hit the key points and then I get out. And then I'll always throw a disclaimer out there. Not because I'm afraid of what someone's going to say, but just to let you know that my opinion is what you paid for it. You know, nothing. And yours matters to me about what I paid for it. Nothing. You know, but good banter is always good to hear. And when I look at it like talent, talent at the end of the day, you know, I said it on here before, it's a 10,000 hour thing, but I don't think anyone that's in any of these groups has drank bourbon for 10,000 hours. Maybe some of the older guys, but not some of some of the people in our age range. So when I look at it and I look at people who, you know, they post these pictures and they have all of these nice bottles and things like that, I, sometimes I tend to think, man, what else has this guy got to show? You know, like, because at some point, when does that become irrelevant you know yeah i think it's really funny when you um social media is a a funny way of presenting things you know um i could take that expensive prized bottle whatever it is put it in a nice backdrop in my you know torn down one bedroom apartment you know so everyone i take that picture everyone else thinks that i'm living large and you know pinky rings and whatever right Mm -hmm. but like in reality, you know, I'm just just a regular guy, you know. Um, so I think that's really funny that a lot of people just try to project one way, you know, and they use social media to kind of do that. Oh, yeah, I've um, seen Photoshop love. Yeah, yeah, you know. You know? And, uh, you know, it is what it is, and, you know, I, I can appreciate a good picture. Um, but I just think it's kind of funny that that's, for some people, that's what it is. And, you know, uh, again, I keep going back to, you know, whiskey for me is, is, is drinking, sharing, you know, creating friendships and, and just uh, – you know, having something to talk about and get away from other things. Um, going back to our, our topic, you know, I think that as these groups kind of grow, you know, that some of them might lose focus on, on what they're about. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's certain ones that, that do and don't. Um, but I, I, I like the small knit groups, you know. Or, right. And sometimes it's you're part of a bigger group, but you have your small knit group that you kind of associate with. Right. right? So, you know, that can be okay, too. And um, some groups retool. And I like to see groups that retool because they take the people who are in the group. Next, if you're active, if you're active in the group, then you remain in the group. If you're not active in the group, you get to purge, you know, and I appreciate groups like that because that keeps you consistent in your core focus of why you started, mm-hmm. you know, to talk about bourbon or to, you know, whatever your core focus of that group may have been, you know, for educational purposes, you know, to talk about why the whiskey tastes better now or why it doesn't, you know or talk about the old stuff, or just talk about good secrets that people don't know about whiskey, like cooking in whiskey, you know, like a bourbon aged, uh, a, a bourbon seared steak, you know, all kinds of stuff I've learned about putting bourbon in food, or bourbon cream on your ice cream, and a little bit of Knob Creek maple on top of that, 
you know, just desserts and bourbon. The bourbon milkshake. Exactly. You know, <laughs> there's so many different things you could do with it because yeah. it's so versatile. So I think I don't see it going anywhere so far as good and bad. But I think if the moderators and administrators will look into the group and see and be more of a referee, you know, because you can literally tamp down somebody's whiskey walk and their whole fascination with whiskey by running into the wrong people, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a lot of it too is just, it's, it is what you make it, you know, if you walk into something that you say, Hey, I want to be active and participate and I want to learn and I want to share. Um, you can certainly do that no matter what group it is. And, you know, and you can kind of ignore the people that, that don't want to do that. But all of the negative stuff, there's always that positive side. So I want to make sure I spin that positive side. Sure. So, you know, the positive side is that you can get in a group and you can learn so much information and then your wallet will suffer. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have great whiskey. You'll drink great stuff. You'll have great friends. And then you'll be like, oh, man, I got to kill this budget for a while because, you know, I've been buying expensive bottles. And I always want to go back to the, the, the groups and say that I learned a lot in the groups about taking the walk down the bottom shelf aisle, you know, because there's some gold on that bottom shelf that's under $30, you know. Absolutely. You know, um, lessons learned, right? Um, when you're doing your whiskey exploration, uh, there's a lot of information out there like, hey, look, you know, hey, this is, the bottle's awesome. You need to have this, this BTEC. You need to chase this. You need to pay $600 for that. You know, the best thing to do, like you said, is start, start from the bottom, with flagship products, you know, your buffalo trees, your wild turkey, and just kind of find what you like there because you're not going to be, you know, you're not out a whole lot of investment. Mm -hmm. uh, you can taste all sorts of different profiles they have to offer. All right. And then you start to build on that. You know, if you start with George T. Stagg, well, you might like it. You probably will like it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there's so much more out there. And then, you know, once you kind of do that, you find what you gravitate towards. You start going up in the scale. You go to bars and you taste things. You know, that's that's one thing that... Some people just say, oh, I'm just going to buy the bottle. And then you're... That's a commitment. It's a commitment, you know. Whereas, uh, you know, say maybe you want to try different cigars, you know, you, you're in for one smoke. You know, hey, that's no big deal. I'm in for seven bucks to however much you want to spend on a cigar. But then, you know, that's it. You're If you buy a bottle, then it's a bit more of a commitment. And, right. uh, you know, if you really don't like it, then... And but you for, save it for someone else who comes over as company and you offer it to them. That's the one that sits on the top of the bar. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Uh, this is the house bourbon here. You know, and that, that's what I've learned. You know, this is there's better ways to try things other than just buying a bottle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, making friends. It's like having a friend with a boat. You know, <laughs> you better have the friend in the boat. Exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, I've got a friend with a boat. So I go out and enjoy it whenever I want. But I don't have to pay the maintenance, you know, and all that stuff. But uh, and that's the thing, too, is I've made I've made some friends, um, you know, yourself included. And we'll go to bottle shares and some people just bring some fun stuff and you get to try it and you get to decide for yourself. Do I like this? Do I not like it? Do I want to make that investment? Do I want to search for this? Do I want to, you know, whatever I have to do to get it? Um, but then, you know, what do you do just to have the bottles you want without amassing you know without taking up closet space right you know because right. i think a lot of people evolve into uh into that yeah and yeah. you know you're like oh this is really good and somebody uh you know somewhere told me that this bottle is no longer being sold so i have to buy like five of them mm -hmm. or whatever right um you know and there's there's some truth to that if you really like something that much then you know more power to you to do that load up um but guess what tomorrow is a new day right. and tomorrow's a new whiskey 
uh, there's going to be something else that you're going to like just as much. You know, it's, it's an ever-evolving and changing world. Right. There. And it's the same with cigars. Like, you know, I remember you sent, uh, I think, a text or some kind of messenger or something to me, and you asked where to go to get cigars. There's so many different cigars out there available that, you know, it's kind of hard to say, boop. You know, this is the one I think Jordan's going to like. You know, and similarly with whiskey, I mean, it's hard to say what someone's going to like. You know, I, I definitely recommend starting small investment-wise and, you know, proof-wise for uh, for bourbon. And for cigars, I, I recommend starting with, you know, just a house boutique brand and then see where you go from there. But there's always going to be something introduced to the market because no one wants to sit on the same product forever. That's why you see soda makers coming out with different stuff. And then as times change, they're, they've taken out as much sugar and they're doing smaller can sizes and everything changes and everything evolves because if you don't change or evolve, you get left behind. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, funny you mentioned that cause that's pretty much where I am now in my, you know, I just started dabbling with cigars recently, you know, within the past few months, let's say. Um, so I'm, I, I do that. I'll go to a cigar shop and, and pick up a handful of sticks and mm-hmm. find something I like, what I don't like. And, you know, it's not a huge investment. Um, but, I get to try new things and say, man, I really like this. Like, man, I really like that Fuente. Like, I really, I'm going to go back to that, you mm-hmm. know? So I know I can go back to something that I like, but I'm still going to try new things, you know, and, and be introduced to new things because that's really fun, you know? And that's the more you go back to the social thing and it's it just being able to try new things and experience new experiences. But knowing that, man, I can go pick up one of those Fuentes and I can pick up a bottle of wild turkey and I'll be happy. It's going to be and, excellent night. And, you know, if I was on a, on a deserted island and I had those two things, be I'd good. be okay, yeah. You know, maybe a guitar or something or some, yeah. some you know, You get you a volleyball like and draw on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, if it gets to that point, um, we'll see. Hey, well, guys, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about interesting things with Jordan. Stand by. So we're back with Jordan and we're going to talk about some cool stuff Jordan's got to do with whiskey. And while we're talking about the cool stuff, he's going to pour some of this uh, rare breed into my glass. Listen to that lovely sound. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Woo. I can smell got, it over here. Got a little bit of that cascading there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, this is one of one of my favorites. Um, it's really hard to say I've got a favorite wild turkey. I mean, there's so many good stuff from them. But, uh, you know, I, I, as I've gone through different types of bourbon, I've gravitated towards barrel proof. You know, the higher proof, you get a little bit more flavor. Um, obviously if you get something straight out of the barrel that there's no water added to it, so you get everything and you yeah, can, it's you can not, definitely see the particular in this bad boy. Oh yeah. And this, so this particular bottle is probably from 2013. I'm no, uh, uh, expert on, uh, on that stuff, but, uh, judging by the, the laser code and internets, uh, 2013 is about where I landed on, on where that bottle is. So I actually found that on the shelf somewhere about a year or so ago, um, not too far from where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of that stuff you can still find out there. Uh, but you know what? Really, uh, the new rare breeds they have, are they hold they hold a candle. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're great. So, you know, don't sleep on the new stuff. Don't, don't think just because, you know, Jordan said this is pretty good that I need to find an old one. If you find it, great. If you find one and someone wants to charge you an arm and leg for it, Voila. just get, grab the new one, yeah. you know? I mean, you're not missing out. Um, or find me and I'll share, I'll share a glass with you. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, I mean, this is, to me, now, beyond this, 
and I'm sure anyone who's gone down the rabbit hole of turkey um, knows 8101. You know, mm-hmm. not not this one we've got here, uh, but those ones from the 90s, the 70s, 80s, the yeah. 70s. I mean, there's something to be said. And those... The cheesy go-falls and... Split label, yeah. you name it, you know. Uh, those those are to be sought after, and, and I wouldn't be mad to, to pay a little bit extra, yeah. you know, because I've, I've done it, and it was great, you know, and I got to share it. I got to crack it open on my birthday last year, and I got to share it with my old man, and share it with a bunch of good friends and kill the bottle with a bunch of good friends. And, you know, that was a really enjoyable bottle. And then I think I, I started, a, you know, they all ended up buying old nineties bottles now. And so it's just, um, you infected them. I did. Yeah. 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 Not in a bad way, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, the they're, maybe they're wallets, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so it's, it's, and that's just where these groups have kind of taken with these relationships and you meet friends and, you know, you just, you start imparting on one another and you get to share that. And it's just really awesome, you know? And, um, you know, I'm about to, I hate to say it, I'm about to move from Houston and, uh, I'm still going to maintain some of those relationships because of that, you know, just, and you know, it's not like we have spent years and years together. Like I've got college buddies and stuff like that, but you know, I, I definitely see myself, um, next time I'm in town, I'm going to be hitting up all my friends saying, Hey, let's go grab, you know, let's go grab a whiskey. Let's Mm -hmm. go whatever. Hey, if you're in, um, I'm moving to New Orleans, so if you're coming to New Orleans, let's let's meet up. You know, let's yeah. let's let's share that that glass and and do that. And um, you know, a lot of people probably don't know that I'm moving. You know, it's kind of a fun yeah. You thing. just announced it here. Yeah, uh, you hear it first uh, right here. And uh, <laughs> if you don't know me uh, that closely, uh, but I'm really looking forward to it. So um, you know, it, 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 I think it's going to be a great move. I've, I've spent a little bit of time in New Orleans. You know, no longer than a weekend, really. Um, but I've, I've been to some great places out there. I'm not going to go hungry. I know yeah. that there's some great food and there's a lot of great culture and some, uh, I'm really looking forward to the live music out there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, I've, I've lived in Houston now for about four years or so and, um, from Fort Worth. So, you know, you know like it or not, it's, but, uh, I, I miss, there's, there doesn't seem to be a big music scene here in Houston. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but maybe I haven't sought it, you know, sought it out, but it's like the groups. It's not really talked about, you know. There's good music, different places, but the the musicians hop around. So, you know, the gentleman here could tell you more about that. But I'll tell you this: with those groups, I've seen you do cool things. I've seen you go on on trips and picking bourbon. I've seen you, you know, just having a great time at places that some people just love to be. You know, so I think about all these type of things, and I just see that now you're moving. Of course, that this is just gonna happen. In other great places in New Orleans, I mean, I could see, you know, hanging out at Cigar Lounge in New Orleans when I come down there to visit. I'm like, hey, Jordan, I'm coming to bring some bottles, man. Meet me at the Cigar Lounge or or whatever the case may be. Let's go eat some good food. Let's go Sazerac and have a Sazerac, you know. But <laughs> there are so many good things to be said about how getting involved in these groups can take you to your life experiences to a whole nother level. Because would you have been picking bourbon had you not been in one of these groups? I can't imagine that I could have, you know, um, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, this is one of the, uh, this has really taken my experience, you know, to the next level. Um, so, you know, I joined one of the local groups here in Houston uh, and just, of uh, you know, that's where my interest is in Facebook. So that's where I'm active. You know, I, I rarely post anything on my personal page because I'm just not a, I don't makes know. Two of us. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not really that big into it. But, uh, you know, in the bourbon groups, I found a common thing to talk about and I found people that like to talk about it and I found 
people that are fun, interesting to talk to, you mm-hmm. know? So it's not just like, I like the color of this bourbon because, you know, it's like there's people have personalities right. and they all shine. Right. Um, some more than others. <laughs> um, but the fact that I was so active, um, you know, uh, I got, I guess I got noticed, you know, and that people, Hey, I, I made, you know, I went to the events, I shook hands with people and, and tried to meet the right people. And, uh, an opportunity came up and said, Hey, there's, there's an extra ticket to this. We're going to go pick some bourbon. You know, who, who's, who's coming with me? Uh, this was on like a Thursday at like 11 AM. So, uh, you know, I was diligently working. Um, but somehow, I don't know if I dropped my phone and Facebook was open. So I looked at it. Right. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, I saw that and I said, you know, Oh man, that sounds great. I want to do that. So I literally called my boss and was like, Hey, look, um, you know, I got this whole like Willy Wonka chocolate factory thing going that I could do, you know, for bourbon. I'm um, really, this, this would be awesome. Can I just have the day off tomorrow? You know, I've got all my ducks in a row, you know, so we're I'm in a good spot. She's like, yeah, that's great. Go have fun. Willy Wonka chocolate factory. Yeah, it's amazing. It is, you know, and so um, I hopped on a plane that night, that evening and, uh, and got to go to Kentucky and I spent time um, at Wild Turkey. Uh, we did uh, Russell's Reserve pick there, and I spent time at Barton, did some 1792, two different picks there, and went to Copper and Kings and picked some brandy there, and and it was just great. You know, and anywhere in between, we could find ways to go check someplace out and do this. We did that, and, uh, you know, funny thing was, a month prior to that, my dad and I did the uh, bourbon trail. You know, we stayed in Louisville. Um, we took a bus tour, so we did a two-day thing. So one day we hopped on a bus and went to Buffalo Trace, um, Four Roses, and I think Wild Turkey. Um, then the next day we went down south and did Loretto, mm-hmm. did the Maker's Mark, which I think is beautiful if, if you've ever oh, been yeah. there. It's, that shiny distillery. It yeah. is so beautiful. The I mean, grounds are just amazing. Yeah, yeah. If, if you ever get a chance and if you ever find yourself in Kentucky and you say, I can hit one distillery, I mean, that's— You choose Maker's? Uh I'll, I'll, I'll power rank them here in a second. Okay. How about that? Okay, cool. So I hit Makers, and then we hit another Four Roses and uh, Barton, you know. So the bus took us around. It was a really cool, lively bus. You could, you know, crack open a bottle and pass around if you wanted to, and we might have done that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just such a cool experience. And then I came from that experience to being able to go back to Kentucky and then actually go and with the master distiller, you know, with Eddie Russell, and just pour something out of a barrel, and he just would – it wasn't, you know, like he had barrels lined up for us. He's like, oh, let me grab this one. So we just roll a couple off. He's like, okay, boom, boom, open it up. What do you think about this? You know, and that's just such a great experience. I never thought in a month that I'd be drinking straight out of the barrel and, you know, giving my opinion on something. Um, so, and then I've had other opportunities to do some different barrel picks, some of them where they ship bottles to us here. And, uh, you know, one at Jack Daniels, which was really awesome. Uh, that was a great trip. I recommend it to anyone that can make it out there. It's it's really kind of cool. The little town, you know, it's like yeah. Loretto. You know, it's just a tiny little town, and the story that's about it. Jack stubbing his foot and then eventually dying. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, it's it's pretty crazy. There's a lot of history and it's a lot of cool stuff there. But uh, going back to if I were to power rank, um, so if you're going to Kentucky right now and you ask me what where should I do what you know what what distillery should I do? First of all, I'm asking how much time do you have? Mm-hmm. You know, because hit them all. You know, hit yeah. as many as you can. Uh, the bus tour thing. Um, it was pretty cool, you know, that they don't pay me to advertise, but I mean, it's, it's somewhere they, they'll drive you. 
Um, I mean, so how does it get any better than that? You right. Know? Um, it, no drinking and driving. Yeah. Yeah. Now you don't exactly, if you go to a distillery, uh, you know, the expectations are that you get like little tiny samples, you know, you don't really go there and you're not just like chug a lug the whole time or they're not, you know, heavy handing, um, maybe some more than others they might, but most of the time, I'm not going to lie, they're pretty stingy with their pores, you know. It's, yeah, you they're get giving like, away free product. Yeah, you know, um, but it is what it is. You know, you're, you can't complain. So, um, But the first one we stopped at um, was Buffalo Trace. The smell. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. It's it's You step off the bus and you say, oh, man, it's like this right here. But it's in the air yeah. and it's everywhere. Yeah. And it's just... Oh, it's it's it, it, it's hard to explain unless you've been there and you know. Yeah. You know, I wish I want that in a candle. Right. You know. Um, I have one. No, oh, nice. Yeah, I'll give you one. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Um, but yeah, and then this the smell it hits you first, and then you look around, and I feel like I've taken a step back like a hundred years. You know, I'm looking at the warehouse. And where, you're seeing uh, all you that know, black mold come down. The yeah. Side, yeah. Know, and where it's, all that fermentation is just sitting in the air. It's, it's picturesque, yeah. you know, especially for a connoisseur, you know, someone who loves bourbon, loves whiskey, loves the history, loves the craftsmanship of it. it it's it's awesome. Um, and, you know, like I said, all the old architecture and things like that, the history behind it, they start talking. You know, you take the tours, they're all going to tell you about – you, you kind of get the same story from most of them. But, you know, hey, we did this through, you know, Prohibition and sold it medicinal and did that. And, you know, we're the first to do this or the best to do that, right? But – you know, I let the product speak for itself. Mm-hmm. And um, so Buffalo Trace for me is probably one of my top. Um, that and Makers, I don't know. I kind of put them, I put them level because Makers is just gorgeous. Like you go there and, you know, it feels like you could have like a wedding there or something like that. It's just it's gorgeous, yeah. you know. Uh, Buffalo Trace feels like you take a step back in a time machine, you know. And, of course, I love the products from both of those, um, you know, so you can't have a bad pour at either one. Yeah. My opinion is if I was, I'm right there with you so far as, you know, those particular ones. I would say Buffalo Trace has my heart because when you walk into a Rick house, it feels like you get a cold breeze, you know, and you wonder, like, why is it so cool in here? But then you realize all of these barrels are holding heat or holding cold. And when you walk in there and you smell it and you see how old those beams are and you think about it, man, this place is stacked tall. So the engineering that went into just wood and bolts, because it's no steel. It's just wood and bolts and dust and wood and bolts and dust. And, and whiskey. And whiskey, yeah. <laughs> and then when you go to Maker's Mark, when you go through that, when you go through the room where they get you to tasting, and then you go out to uh, the warehouse floor and you see people dip the bottle, and then everybody's dip is, you can tell who dipped the bottle by the way, they, by the, way the wax drips. And then... You walk through that room and there's a clear overhead and you see the different lights and stuff like the different colors of the glass. And you're like, man, this is just going to be an experience. And then they take you right into it's a good segue that they take you through there to their shop so you can buy stuff. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, and that was the cool thing, too. When you go to the shop, you get to dip your own bottle, Mm -hmm. you know, so um, the wax on my bottle um, existed for about 10 minutes before it got cracked on the bus. But uh (laughs) Uh, so <laughs> it was a 375 and we cracked it on the bus and it, it didn't last longer than that day. We had a lot of, I mean, it wasn't just me. I was, we were passing it around the bus. Yeah. Um, if you've made that trip to Loretto, you know, it's windy. It's, oh, yeah. it's a lot of country roads, but they see a lot of these, uh, they call them like bathtub Marys, you know, where they'll take an old school bathtub and they bury half of it. 
and then they've got like the you know the statue of Mary, you know, sitting there, and it's kind of a shrine thing. But you see them, and you know, there's not a whole lot of them out there. But we probably saw half a dozen. And as we're driving the bus, you know, it's like every time we pass by one of those, everyone's going to have to take a drink. <laughs> I thought she was going to say someone's about to take a piss. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so th- we had a lot of fun with it. But, uh, man, those two those two were probably my top, you know. Um, Wild Turkey, while, you know, I'll talk about it all day. It's been my favorite product. I mean, their their new area is really great. It's um, more of a, a, a it's more of industry. It's, it's not really designed for people to come to it, to, to me. You know, you, you go on the backside and you see the, you know, the, the showroom and whatnot and where all the bottles are. And then you see the bridge in the back and you got the long fence and the two turkeys on the barrel. But I don't think it's like you don't get that same feeling that you get at a Buffalo Trace or, in my opinion, or at a Makers. Yeah, no, that's it. Um, you know, some of those are more industrial. Jim Beam, you know, good products, uh, but it's very... They're making whiskey they're making product. And hand yeah. over fist, and they're doing it over and over and over and over again for a consistent product and to, to be one of the top sellers, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you're going to do it, do those. Go find some craft distilleries, you know. That's one thing I didn't do, so that gives me a reason to go back and hang mm-hmm. out and have fun uh, going to see all these craft what, you know, guys and the way they do it and, you know, pouring whiskey into trash cans or whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever <laughs> they do. Um, but... You know, there's there's a lot of ways to do it, and um, there's a lot of ways to come with a good product, and I think that's a lot of fun. You know, Whitmire's has has a great product. Um, is not, in my opinion, there's not a whole lot of good Texas whiskeys, but you know, we've been doing it for how many years? Kentucky's been doing it for over a hundred, so right. You know, I, they have the the monopoly on it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, it's experience, and then you know, you've got all sorts of different factors, right? Ingredients, climate, blah blah blah, blah. but. Uh, uh, Whitmire's has, has got a really great product out here, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy to have had, you know, some opportunities to go out there and, and you know, talk with Travis and you know, hang out with you out there. And I did a, uh, uh, some one of those painting with whiskey things where you drink and you do a little paint by numbers, kind of not paint by numbers, but you know, sort of thing, and it was a lot of fun. So, um, had a lot of fun experiences that that I would have never done had I not been in the whiskey and not been active in these groups and kind of just meeting people and, and putting myself out there to say, you know, what else, what else do you have to offer? You know, what else can I, besides just drinking whiskey, you know, what else can I find and what else can uh, help me build my network and my, you know, have, have fun with it. Well, I'm so glad you joined and, you know, if it hadn't been for you joining, we wouldn't be here. So guys, cheers to Jordan and him joining whiskey groups. And with that note, we're going to take this glass and finish it off and, We'll talk with you guys next time. Salute. To the good company. Cheers.